Hi, everyone. It's your podcast host, Jim Andrews, here with a reminder that the Ticket Manager Partner Summit is back. We'll be getting together in person on October 17th this year at the Times Center in New York City. This is a free, invitation-only event where hundreds of business leaders across the world's most influential brands in sports, sponsorship, live events, and ticketing gather to make great connections and share valuable information. Approved attendees enjoy exclusive networking events, insightful panels, and exciting celebrity speakers, all for free. Are you interested in attending? Just go to ticketmanager.com for details on how to apply. Welcome to Ticket Manager's All Access Interview Series, engaging leaders from across the sports marketing spectrum to identify and explore critical issues in the business of sports, entertainment, sponsorship, activation, ticketing, hospitality, and even more. I'm your host, Jim Andrews, and joining me on this episode to discuss a lot of uh, things that are going to be coming up in 2021 and and how uh, we should all be preparing for it is Lou DiPaoli, Executive Vice President and Chief Revenue Officer for the New York Mets. Welcome, Lou, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jim. It's probably a big understatement to say that uh, this baseball offseason is like none other that, that you've experienced. Uh, you know, As we're sitting down here, it's the very early days of the, the new ownership for the Mets, and I'm sure that's keeping you busy. And on top of all of that, We're moving from a very unprecedented year, as we've been hearing uh, too much of in 2020, into 2021. Mm -hmm. And I thought we might start with the the game day experience, the fan experience. And, you know, I know that uh, the Mets uh, tested and implemented some some frictionless technology back in 2019, which seems like a a long, long time ago, even though it was just a little over a year. Um, you know, and that was very interesting at the time. I remember reading about that. And, but, you know, now that kind of experience is really becoming essential in our, uh, in our, our COVID world and hopefully mm-hmm. our, soon our post-COVID world. But um, so when you think about things like that, you know, what, uh, what does it mean in terms of getting ready to welcome back fans in 2020? 2021 and, and making those kinds of changes? That's that's the million dollar question, right? We, we get asked that every day. We, we work on that internally every day to figure out what is next for the fan. Because, you know, the one thing that we're hearing from our fans is, yes, they would love to be able to come back to a game, but their concerns are their health and safety, right? Just like right. if you go out, are we going to require masks? What's going to be the requirements? But we're also, from our side, trying to plan what how much capacity are we going to have? You know, is it going to be 100%, 50%, 20%, zero? Is it going to flex by month? You know, so we're going to have to be willing to adapt on the fly. But the one thing that we're trying to do is prepare ourselves to give our fans a, a peace of mind as much as they can get coming to a game. So that way they'll know when they come that there'll be plenty of hand sanitizer dispensers and then we'll make sure that there's social distancing enforced. But as it comes to your interaction and your experience around the ballpark, what you alluded to earlier that we started off in 2019 with, you know, a frictionless transaction is going to be something that we're looking to replicate as much as possible, you know, in the ballpark for 2021 and beyond. You know, if it was a good idea in 2019 for us to test it, it's a great idea 
for us to roll it out in 21 and beyond. And the key for us was, you know, we partnered with our, our concessionaire partner, Aramark, right. you know, with MassGen and Clear to create a completely frictionless, you know, uh, experience for people to go in and buy a, a, a beer through one of our, we call our walkthrough brew. So you could literally walk up to, you know, the, the, the cooler, mm-hmm. take a beer, put it on MassGen's, you know, AI enabled kiosk to cash register. Use your clear account to put your fingerprint on there, and it would not only recognize who you are, that you were over 21, and that it would also then charge your credit card, all in a matter of seconds. We're looking to replicate those types of frictionless, you know, environments going forward. You know, we, we've talked about, you know, potentially going cashless and, and all those other types of things, because your experience coming to the ballpark is going to be a lot different. Yeah. The one thing that I think, you know, I I use as an example to everybody for a hundred plus years, people coming to a baseball game would come in, they'd sit down on their seat. We'd have a in-seat vendor yelling, you know, hot dogs, freakish hot dog vendor. Sure. Sure. I'm in row nine. I raise my hand. The vendor grabs a hot dog and eight other people touch my hot dog before I get it. And then I turn around and I send back a $10 bill or a $20 bill. Everybody touches it. And then the change comes back. Like, that's been going on for 120 years. I mean, yeah, we never now, thought anything about it. No, now it's completely unheard of. People would look at you like, are you crazy? Like, why would I do that? So everything we're going to do is be mobile ordering, you know, as much frictionless as we can get so that people understand, like, if I'm ordering food from a concession stand, it used to just come completely open. Well, maybe now it's coming in a clamshell, something that will cover it. And we'll give you designated times to pick up your order at a concession window so we avoid lines. There's just so many things we have to think through because the world is different. And fans, their number one concern is, is their health and safety as it is ours for them. Clearly that that's uh, you know a lot of new horizons in terms of um, that that aspect of of the fan experience. Beyond that, uh, you know some of the things that you've been doing in the last few years you know, have been really successful. One of them you know, was the big success you had with entertainment partnerships and mm. partnered with a lot of pop culture brands, Marvel and uh, comics, DC Comics, yep. WWE, and uh, you know having like I said success with that and drawing in casual fans through bobbleheads and other promotions. Do you expect that those types Types of efforts would uh, continue to be kind of pillars of your sales strategy in 2021, or will other things have to come into play? So, look, our goal is to continue those partnerships, and they're growing. You know, so we started off about three or four years ago with just Marvel, hmm. and then now it's just expanded to what you said: Marvel, DC Comics, you know, WWE. Plus, we got you know Netflix. You start going through all these partners that we have. And it's been fantastic. I mean, we did something special with Jerry Seinfeld specifically a couple of years ago, which was great. And the fans love it. It just gives people a different reason. It gives us a chance to connect to a different audience by doing things like that. So yes, it increases sales, but it helps us engage a different audience. And it keeps us really pop culture relevant. That's what we're trying to do is to stay relevant in pop culture. We also counterbalance that with a lot of historical you know, giveaways and promotions that we do during the year that play upon our great history. So, you know, in 2019, the last completed season with fans, it was our 50th anniversary of the 1969 World Series Mets. And we fed them over a weekend. We did a lot of things during the year. And just to remind people of the history. So again, 
the history is going to appeal to one segment of our fan base. The pop culture ideas, you know, the relevancy of our promo items appeals to some others because, you know, if you want to draw three plus million fans, you're going to need a lot of people that you have to target. You can't just count on one fan base anymore. Another aspect of this that near and dear to my heart is the sponsorship side of things. And I know that's been something that you've spent a lot of time working on. And and uh, you mentioned to me earlier that the Mets were on pace to bring in your, your highest partnership revenue ever in, in 2020. Then obviously in, in March, you had to kind of switch gears and and go from being on offense in terms of bringing new deals in to kind of defense and looking for ways to deliver value to the partners in a completely new environment, to say the least. You can talk a little bit about how your team managed those conversations and, and what type of response you got when you approached those partners, when obviously it was it was not going to be business as usual in 2020. <laughs> you said it. Well, Jimmy, you used a phrase that we used a lot in the office as it related to anything sales related, you know, for the past nine months. It says that we had to switch from being on offense to being on defense. And again, when, you, when you're a sales organization, you always want to be on offense. I mean, most of the time you're out there trying to generate that new business and make sure you're retaining your customers. Now, also we're playing defense. It's like, okay, how do we keep them happy? How do we over-deliver assets? Can we make sure we get their payment? And how do we creatively activate the partnership? With no fans in the building, we can't go down there and do any street activation or anything in park. So it became, you know, a, a quite a challenge. And, you know, to our partner's credit, they were all great. Um, you know, a lot of our major partners are all partners with other teams in other leagues. So they got it and they were having those conversations, but they appreciated the fact that we reached out, you know, fairly aggressively to talk to them about the deal. How can we provide more value? Come up with a lot of ideas, like here's some assets that we have that are maybe untapped. Maybe we could do a little bit more social. Maybe we could do a little bit more with our TV network. You know, let's just think outside the box and provide some additional elements to try to activate this partnership. Right. But we were also fortunate that just before we started playing the season, that MLB allowed us to then sell some assets that had never been allowed to be sold before, which was very, very helpful because they're valuable. You know, the back of the mound branding, right. you know, which was great. The virtual home plate signage, you know, so above the, the seats in the stands, a virtual batter's eye, tarps in the outfield, you know, the left or uh, first and third base foul territory signage, traditionally where like your opening day stencil goes or your playoff stencil or World Series stencil goes, that we could sell that. So that was really, really helpful for us to provide that extra value to our partners. And, you know, if you saw some of the highlights of our games, not only did we have all of those assets utilized, we also had the ballpark full of all those fan cutouts. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I happened to see a highlight this morning, ironically, of a game from this past year that I was looking for something. And I forgot that there weren't fans in the stands. It looked real to me just on a quick glance. I was like, oh, wow, Jacob DeGrom was on the mound and it looked like the ballpark was packed. I forgot those were cardboard cutouts. And then I saw our sponsor signage in the outfield and the upper right field and behind home. I was like, wow, you know, what a crazy year it's been. But our partners were very, very gracious and understanding. And, you know, they negotiated to get the most they could. We wanted to make sure we did the right thing by them and try to figure out creative ways to activate their partnership in, in unforeseen circumstances. And do you think some of that new new inventory and, and new activation ideas, will those 
continue in, in 2021 and beyond, do you think? Still discussing that with Major League Baseball. I mean, they've given us the rights maybe for a couple of things, but we're still just trying to make sure we get the official A-OK sure. before we move forward. But there's some really valuable ideas there that we're going to be able to move forward with. And that, you know, leads to other things. I know like the NBA has jersey patch sponsorship and practice jersey sponsorship that, you know, baseball's also considering for down the road. Right. Um, I don't think anything's going to happen for, for 2021. But, you know, this does allow you then to start looking at things a little bit differently and provide new assets because the teams can really monetize, you know, these opportunities well, especially in baseball with all the exposure that you get. Mm -hmm. It's extremely valuable. Yeah. So that's you know, in other conversations that I've been having, everybody's kind of identifying what you, know, you might want to call a silver lining to, to the, what we've just been through is that you know, it has opened eyes to, to other possibilities and things we hadn't thought about yet or, or things that were kind of on the back burner that have now moved to the front burner. So, yeah, it's funny. I, I told one of our sales reps, you know, so right in, it was probably like May. So, you know, in New York, April and May are just tragic. You know, COVID is running rampant. Yeah. You know, it's it's not good. I mean, we are the epicenter of the world in terms of cases at that point. And one of our reps and sponsorship actually closed a new business deal. Mm. You know, a decent sized, you know, three-year agreement. And I remember telling him, think about this. What you just did is rather extraordinary. Yeah. And this is something you're going to be able to tell your staffs down the road when you're a leader. Right. That you're going to be able to tell your kids or your grandkids, like, I was able to close a million dollar deal during a pandemic. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I mean, that, uh, how great is that? I mean, that's one of those stories that you'll always be able to tell. And if one of your reps comes to you and says, hey, I'm having a tough time selling or it's not a great environment. You say, hey, I closed the deal during the pandemic. Let's go. You could close the deal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like uh, I walked nine miles up, uphill oh, yeah. to school both ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With no shoes or with, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I heard those stories too, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, Lou, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time and uh, and discussing this. And, and uh, best of luck with um, uh, with. with all the stuff we've been talking about and and uh, and planning for next year and, and getting the season underway and, and hopefully we'll have a chance to to check back in with you uh, see how things are going and see see if some of those new plans actually um, uh, are are in use uh, later on in in 2021 and uh, but until then I'll just uh, uh, say thank you very much for for joining me today. Thank you. Glad. For, thanks again. And thanks for having me. This was really well done. And uh, you know, I look forward to hearing back from you in the season when we're playing in front of a packed house. And, you know, we have a lot of new partners, a lot of more activation. Awesome. And uh, as a Mets fan, I don't know if you can see Mr. Met over my shoulder there, but uh, hopefully I'll yeah, yeah. actually get back to New York and get to City Field for a game or two. We look forward to having you and every other Mets fan filling up the ballpark this year. Awesome. Thanks, Lou. And on behalf of everyone at Ticket Manager, thanks to all of you for watching, and please join us again for the next episode in our All Access interview series.